Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Good morning as it is here in Germany or good evening as it is in Canberra, Australia. Actually, David, how is the weather, by the way? Um, today, it was forecast rain. No rain came, um, but it was like 27 degrees. It was pretty hot today. Uh, luckily, okay. Liam played, played first. So whilst it was toasty, it probably wasn't quite as hot as it gets sort of two, three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. Do you and Liam get a chance to have a look around Canberra? I mean, to those of you that are not aware, uh, Canberra is the Australian capital, if not its most celebrated city. Um, not really. I mean, we, we certainly find a good coffee shop. We, we found one and we, have, uh, we, we had lunch there today after his match, some good coffee. Uh, that's really our main aim to find a good coffee shop, obviously one or two decent restaurants. If you don't, uh, order in, um, I do want to go and see the, the national war museum here because I, I learned something as a South African that was very, very interesting that, uh, some Australians fought in the Boer war and there's okay. a whole memorial to the soldiers lost in the Boer war, which, uh, is just phenomenal. Uh, so I'm quite interested to go and see that if, if, if I get the time. Do you find that these things, uh, you know, whether it be going to, I mean, I'm, I'm also thinking about bigger moments in, in Liam's career, such as whether it be Wimbledon or, or whether it be the Australian Open a couple of years ago. Um, do you find that, that this can help with, with Liam mentally, for example? Can it, is it a good distraction if you, you go out and you have dinner or, or does he prefer to sort of be with himself and his own thoughts? Um, no, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it depends how tough the day has been. You know, if it's been a tough day, then, then normally Liam will order food in, you know, deliveroo or whatever. Um, and, and 
you know, spend most of the evening chilling. But, uh, you know, if I'd say probably twice, maybe three times a week, we'll go out and have dinner and, and, and that's kind of, uh, helps relax and, and just chat and, and, you know, if you can find it, you know, you can always find a couple of decent restaurants and, uh, you know, certainly in Australia and certain countries, I mean, the, the eating is really good. Yeah. All right. Well, since we last spoke, David, which was on New Year's Day, uh, it's been a good sort of 48 hours for Liam. Uh, two wins, two straight set wins. Uh, he's now not just qualified for the, the Camber Challenger, but he's now into the last 16, I believe. Uh, tell correct. me about those two matches. Um, well, yeah, yesterday he played uh, uh, an Italian and uh, the, the match was... I would say, I mean, he won easy, like three and two, I think. Uh, and whilst the score seemed easy, I was very uncomfortable through the match. I felt that he wasn't timing the ball that great. Um, you know, the opponent was just a little bit erratic and, and gave away a lot. Um, but I just felt it was actually, the, the quality of the match wasn't great. Um, and, you know, that was, uh, a little bit disconcerting for me. I was a little worried about today because okay. I felt that, that, uh, Pellegrino, you know, kind of gave him the match and, okay. and, and, and Liam was clearly not comfortable in, in, you know, especially, you know, on his forehand side. Uh, but we did a little bit of work before, uh, uh the match today uh and uh after the warm-up and and i felt the the timing on the forehand clicked but i was still nervous and uh but you know he started really really well timing the ball very very well and uh yeah i mean it the first set was superb i'd say a very very professional performance he was up a break in the second set and um, you know this is something that not sure everybody understands, but how dangerous tennis matches are. They they are never done until they're done. And, you know, a set and a breakup, seemingly cruising, has a chance to go double breakup, doesn't take the chance. And suddenly you can see the, you know, Pissarro getting his mojo back, uh, breaks back, um, and and suddenly, you know, it was it was it was pretty nervous times. Uh, luckily, you know, Liam managed to stave off two set points at four five. Oh, okay. And then uh, got it to the tie break, and then in the tie break, he had a horrible call in the first point of the tie break. It was uh, you know the guy kind of choked a, a, a big forehand slightly wide uh but it wasn't called and i thought oh you know this is trouble because liam was a bit upset about it but uh he managed to you know keep his head and uh get up on the breaker and then actually at uh, five two in the breaker the guy had a drop shot and liam picked it up and liam actually hit it slightly wide and you know <laughs> the umpire kind of compensated and didn't overrule a bad 
ball. Got it. And so he went six two on actually a, a a shot that he had missed. On these two calls that sort of went one against Liam, one one for him, so to speak, but also his opponent Passado. I mean, did they both take? the the uh, dodgy call if you like did they did they take it well does does no, Liam tend no. to sort of take no. those well or not no they didn't take it well at all <laughs> um yeah I think I mean but some of it is is kidology you know in in terms of like if if there's a bad call uh and and I do say this to players and 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 Liam's very good at this you do make a little bit of a fuss about it because I think that puts pressure on the on the umpire to, you know, really, you know, do a good job and, and maybe a better job. And it can actually work in your favor because I believe that the the failure to overrule when Liam missed was influenced by the pressure Liam had put on the on the umpire for the missed call that was, you know, pretty blatant. So, you know, it's uh, I mean that's why I love Hawkeye, because when there's no line judges. There's no argument. There's it's 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 the same for everybody. I remember in Canada, in Montreal, actually, uh, the court that he played Tommy Paul on. For sure, on the one side, the the calibration of Hawkeye was wrong, on on a service line, okay. and serves that were like a couple of inches out were being called in by Hawkeye. But the great thing is it's for both players exactly the same. It doesn't change his calibration <laughs> for one player or the other. So, you know, but it's rare for the calibration to be wrong. I know Hawkeye calibration is not 100% perfect, but it doesn't matter because it's exactly the same for both players. And it, it has no emotions, no feelings. It doesn't change. <laughs> Right. Before the season began, we spoke about three weeks ago, just before Christmas, I think it was. Um, you mentioned how Liam's physical state is, is arguably the best it's ever been going into the season. What about his mental state, if you like? I mean, how has he been feeling going into this season? Uh, he's, he's been incredibly upbeat. And I think what you know uh, people have to understand is, you know, mental progress is no different from, you know, uh, improving a forehand, a backhand, your physical. Uh, it's, you know, you can't just focus on the mental, you know, for a couple of weeks and say, okay, then I've got it. You know, I, you know, uh, Liam and I have done a lot of mental work over eight years. And, you know, the same messages have to go in over and over again. But as you climb the rankings, the, the fundamental understanding of what's being talked about gets deeper and, and, and more meaningful uh, uh, the higher the, the, the level is. So it just becomes more sophisticated. So the same message can apply to a junior, you know, which is, you know, say, you know, something very simple like, you know, one ball at a time, one match at a time, you know, one point at a time. But as you get higher, the ability to actually do that improves with that message going in all the time. And I think it's, it's, it's really important for any young player to understand that, you know, something like my course, Mindset College, if you go through it once, it's going to help. But actually, it's something that should live with you 
where you go through it over and over again and certain parts will stick out of your mind i need that and whilst you will improve by taking on these mental tools to become an expert at it takes a long long time and you know even today liam got a little bit agitated uh he was up a set in a break and and felt he, he he was losing a bit of rhythm on his serve and and that was uh you know he 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 started to you know question himself and and started to verbalize some stuff you know and 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 i just said to him you know you know confidence you know stick with it you're playing good you know you're winning 88 percent of your first serves okay and he went, yeah but you know when the game i got broke i didn't make one you know i said well there's always one tough game now you know keep going forward and and you know i i'd look like three years ago that would not have stopped him in his tracks this time he was able to kind of process it and go yeah calm down things are actually okay and he did calm down and and you know went forward and and played you know superbly from four five really to to the end of the match and and this is you know what i've noticed over the last 18 months is he's he he he's much better regrouping than he was okay and you know tennis is all about regrouping emotions you cannot get rid of everybody feels them and that's not the problem emotions are not the problem it's after something's happened it's how you choose to react to it which is where the discipline comes in and where the tools come in and where the difference is made I hope that makes sense, by the way. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Listen, um, you touched on something, David, about how, you, you know, you two have been together for eight years. I think there was a period when you weren't together, but yeah. all together eight years. How easy is it to maintain the message, if you like, or, 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 or not to sound repetitive over and over again? I mean, I'm thinking about drills as well, but let's focus on the mental side today. I mean, I mean, how many times have you probably said something like stay in the moment, stay in the point? I think I think patience is a very big part of it as a coach that you've got to understand that, you know, just because you say something doesn't mean it's gone in. And even if it has gone in logically, it's not until they've learned it emotionally that it sticks. So uh, the difference between me as a coach and I've, and I've said this to Liam had had I coached him in my early 40s. Uh, I would have basically said, you know, you're not stepping up. So bye-bye, come back when you're ready. And, you know, I'm now older, you know, <laughs> arguably wiser, but certainly more patient. And I do understand that it's not like a player is not trying to implement. It just you know, in the heat of the emotion, everything like that, they haven't yet got the control to implement the tools that you want them to implement. And slowly but surely over time, that that does sink in. And it's a very good question about how do you keep it fresh? I would say one of my big strengths is I, I read a lot, I listen a lot, 
and I always try to find new ways because I think the more experience you have as a coach, it's not that you know more, it's just you have more ways of saying the same thing. And so exactly. I'm always experimenting and trying to find a different way of saying the same thing. So it sounds fresh to the player, even though it's the same message they've had for maybe five years. You know, we yeah. had a situation today, you know, he played the into out forehand as, as well as ever uh, uh, in his career. It was really superb. Uh, and he said to me at lunch, he said, yeah, the into out forehand really, really worked for me today. He said, uh, you know, I can't believe it took me so long to really understand what you were saying, because it, it was actually the, 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 you know, two, two and a bit years ago when he really started to use the inter-out forehand, it was before he qualified for the French Open and the, the inter-out forehand was the difference. Um, and it was the first time that he really understood it because he would always go for the open space, the into-in forehand. Uh, if he had hit one into-out forehand, immediately he'd go into-in. And, mm -hmm. you know, the idea to, you know, go two, maybe three, four times into-out before you go into-in uh, is what keeps people off balance. So, you know, that, that message I was giving for years, but it took, you know, four, four years to kind of click and so, yeah, that's why it, it, you know, tennis is an incredibly complex sport and, and it takes a long time to learn. Obviously, some learn, you know, faster than others. And the phenoms are, are, are a strange breed because they understand it very, very young. Okay. Um, you mentioned some of the some of the conversations that you, you, you had with Liam regarding, you know, 88%, for example, you know, it's coming, it'll be okay. How detailed uh, are these, these are conversations that are going on during today's match, for example? Yes, yeah. So he comes, you know, to towel off and everything like that. He's like, yeah, you know, I can't believe my serve. You know, I can't make one serve, and it's like. So are you are you sort of right behind? I'm just trying to think where you're sat. I don't know how it is at the challenge uh, level. I was on the side, okay. you know, on the side. So he comes to the towel on the side, and 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 there, and and then you know, obviously you know I've got Calamy's brother, and I'm asking him for the stats. Okay. And and so you know he comes up, and then I'll go. Like, you, know, you do realize you're winning eighty eight percent of your first serve. <laughs> you know, okay. It's not it is not a bad situation to be in. You know, no, then of right. course he fends with, you know, yeah, but this is the game I lost. I never made one. You know, and I was like, well, there's always one tough game in a match, you know, where where it, it doesn't go how you want. You know, come on, straight back on it. You know, and, and again, you can give that message, I could give that same message to a younger player, and they would not be able to, you know control their emotions and actually settle down and calm down and play a game. They would, you know, still be, you know, worrying about the game that they lost for too long. Right. Yeah. Don't dwell on it, I think, is, is the message, if, if possible. Listen, Luca Nardi is next up in the in the last 16, I believe it is. Um, so we're, we're skiddling through them now. But uh, yeah. what do we know about Luca? Another Italian. And they've got plenty, plenty of very good players. Um, uh, very talented boy. Liam has played him once before. He he won fairly comfortably. Um, funny enough, he warmed up with Luca today. Uh, you know, I would say that you know 
every match is very, very dangerous because you know, everybody is good. He's actually higher ranked than Liam at the moment. Um, but I think that if Liam can put the same level on the court as he did today, it's going to be very difficult for Luca. <coughs> well, fingers crossed it works out and we speak again in about another 48 hours after another victory or two. David, I just want to say a big thank you for stopping by today. Thank you. It's, uh, and it's a pleasure. Great, David. And we'll be speaking, no doubt, hopefully after say, another victory or two in a couple of days. And uh, to everybody else, uh, thank you also for stopping by. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.